This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Burning. TrinityWhipCo.com Or look for the link on our main page. TheFedoraChronicles.com This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 53 of the Metaphysical Connection, Invasion of the Privacy Snatchers. Hello, my name is Microsoft David Desktop. This time, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and Eric Renderkingfisk continue the conversation about AI and the coming singularity. But before that Metacon boys talk about health and nutrition that's connected to the land where you live, competing against the cosmic negative energy, and the decline of our educational system while celebrities take the theory of a flat earth seriously. Then the conversation turns towards Big Brother and surveillance. Eric frightens everyone by telling us how all your devices with an internet connection, a camera, and a mic could be used to monitor your every move. Then Walt issues us a challenge, can you stay off social media between now and episode 54 of the Metaphysical Connection? I know Eric can't. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So what do you, what do you have for us, Jim? You got anything uh, I have anything a number cool? of very interesting things which I'll try to condense uh, in okay. the interest of time. The first is a little article on, um, <clears throat> I think it links to it to, to uh, uh, another proof for the fact that some type of cataclysm uh, destroyed Atlantis. And basically, they found a platinum. Uh, and they say that platinum is not common on, in Earth's crust, but it is in asteroids and comets. And um, they feel that in the layer that they're examining, um, that about 12,800 years ago, there was an impact. And the, uh, the, the amount of platinum that they're finding from that impact um, leads them to believe that, the, that it's proof that you know there was a devastating planet-wide cataclysm from outer space about 12,800 12, years ago, and they're basing that geologically on finding platinum. So I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, I saw that article. I, I did think that was interesting. That's that's a pretty good indi- indication of the fact that there was some kind of major cataclysm that. Something that, horrible that, happened, that, that's for sure. That pretty much took out whatever the civilization was at the, at the time. And, appara- and apparently these asteroids have occurred far more often than, than we'd like to know or more, more than we could possibly imagine. Um, but, but talking about you know, platinum and other rare metals that you find in asteroids, um, a couple of shows ago we did a, we did a little segment talking about how uh, there's one asteroid in particular that NASA has been looking at to capture, and if they were able to strip mine that asteroid, there, that's several quadrillion dollars worth of material with, oh, r- with rare metals, especially platinum. 
And apparently mm-hmm. that can't that that pro that that program was canceled. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that would throw off the whole market for that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Would flood the market. But imagine what you could do if you had all this raw material just hanging out in space. Just imagine all the things you could build well, with it. Probably it probably is. It's just a matter of accessing it. Yeah. But when it hits the planet, then it, it accesses us. <laughs> the real estate values of Jim's house just went down significantly <laughs> after a cataclysmic event. So what else is going on, Jim? Um. There's an article, I don't know if I forwarded to you guys, on the fact that since the 50s, UFOs have been appearing around the planet and shutting down nuclear sites. And they've kind of kept it under wraps because uh, of security and because they don't, I guess they don't want to like freak people out. But uh, it seems to be uh, the message that they've been sending is that we're playing with fire when it comes to our, our nuclear program around the world. Um, it's a it's a it's about a three page article. It's very interesting. I'm not going to get into details. Uh, I'm not sure if I sent it to you, but um, there uh, there have been a, a number of incidents where UFOs appear over missile silos and just sh- shut shut them down. You know, uh, render the ballistic missiles incapable of firing. So uh, there's something going on. They're watching us and they're kind of sending a subtle message. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of find that comforting that there's a I high, do. sort of yeah. kind of a higher power that has um, more restraint maybe than, yeah. than we do, you know, and, and are not going to are going to maybe p- potentially intervene <clears throat> if, if somebody's stupid enough to try to shoot some missiles, some nuclear yeah. missiles off, you know. Well, one um, of the things they talked about was that. When we exploded uh, a nuclear weapon in the Pacific, it uh, it affected the ionosphere, and it seems that uh, people in the know said that the aliens were concerned because it affected their ability to uh, to uh, uh, fly in our atmosphere, and uh, that was one of the th- one of the reasons they've been watching us. They said that uh, any the explosion that we that we carry out like that, uh, you know, you affects mean, not just us. You mean the radiation? Could also be the electromagnetic it, pulse. I think it's more the elect- the, the uh, electromagnetic pulse. Oh, yeah. okay. I see. It seems like that. It, would... It's a, it's the radiation pollution in the magnetic field, which they seem to depend upon because uh, because of their propulsion system. So um, they're not happy with us. Uh, can they've you been blame Watching them? us for a long time. One of the things that I, we're not happy with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of right, the exactly. one of the things I want to interject here is that. Um, there have been a lot of very alarming um, uh, news items coming out of Fukushima in Japan. And there are some people who are saying that this could potentially lead to an extinction level event if we don't find a a faster, cleaner way of of cleaning this place up. And and the thing is, is that the residual um, atomic material that had escaped from when the uh, when the when that uh, uh, hydrogen explosion occurred uh, could have the potential to kill everything in in the Pacific Ocean for a, like a radius of a couple hundred, if not thousand miles. So yeah, they're it's poisoning the Pacific. Absolutely. Yeah. For some reason, they don't understand why. The article I just read said that the radiation level has just increased five hundred times 
uh, from the initial disaster, and they don't understand why, and they can't get into it because it's so radioactive. Their uh, their robotic devices don't last that long because the radiation just knocks it out. Just fries them. The, there there are more than a couple of really interesting documentaries out there. I think Frontline via PBS did one that had said that the Daiichi um, company. I don't want yeah. to butcher the name. They they lied. They lied. Of course, ab- about, they're still covering it up. They're still yeah. covering up, and they also lied about. Why would um, they want to do that? Well, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe they like playing games with people. I don't know. But even before the disaster, there were a lot of scientists who came forward and said, "This is a disaster waiting to happen." And Fukushima before the tsunami, and then the people over at Fukushima Daiichi had said, "No, no, everything's safe. Every everything's fine." And you got to remember, not to interrupt you. In Japanese culture, they're big on saving face. To this day, they still won't acknowledge the uh, Nanking massacre. Oh no, of course not. So they're not going to. They're going to not going to acknowledge that they screwed up with this one. How how do they explain away the Takata airbags? I don't know how they save face on that. Well, well, actually, when you think about it, if they explode, that doesn't save face. <laughs> <laughs> that actually removes removes some face. <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, the leper hockey game. They had to stop it because there was a face off at midcourt. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Jim. Yeah. So I, I wonder if all that pollution in the uh, Pacific is going to kill the Beach Boys. I don't know. It's pretty old. Who who would have thought? <laughs> the ones that are still alive. Anyway, I think the only Beach Boy that's still alive is Brian Wilson. No, there's, I think, another one of them. Really? I think so, yeah. I thought Brian, I don't know why I thought Brian Wilson was the only one who was surviving. No, the the lead singer, Mike Love, is still alive. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, he's getting pretty old. But But, anyway. Anyway, there's another article here on uh, an astronaut that died in the Challenger disaster. Uh, He confided in. one of the NASA scientists that um, as part of his training, they were brought into a room and shown um, an autopsy, a film of an autopsy of a gray alien. And then um, they were dismissed and there was no follow-up, no discussion. He feels that perhaps they were testing them psychologically in case they ran into something in space. Um, There's no way to vet it because uh, – the astronaut that, that confided uh, in this NASA scientist, uh, you know, died in the Challenger uh, explosion. But uh, I think it's valid. Uh, you know, he's a the, this the, was after, uh, the this? guy was the for he was the, the the guy that was com- that told the story was the former spacecraft operator for NASA for the whole space shuttle fleet. So was why this would after he lie, Roswell? You know? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It was this definitely. happened after Roswell. It was probably the Roswell. Um, yeah, no, this actually. Um, he was selected as an astro in 1978. So, like, it was uh, 1986 January that they were. Uh, no, before that, just before the shuttle disaster, that they were yeah. part of their training. They were shown this this autopsy film from the Roswell 1947 crash. Oh, Evidently, yeah. they they had captured retrieved humanoid bodies and they did an autopsy and they they filmed it and they showed it to these uh the astronauts you know what's interesting about that is that the the grays are supposed to be um cybernetic organisms Biomechanical. yeah, yeah they're, they're 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 cyborgs i guess basically yeah um so it, i'm wondering how 
what the autopsy would would show you know if mm-hmm. I, I guess they're pre- pretty much biological yeah for the most part except they're maybe like cloned or something or well, they're definitely it, programmed. It would be interesting to actually <clears throat> see the autopsy. I mean, the real autopsy. I mean, the one that they showed on Fox about a decade or so ago. I'm not convinced that that was an actual yeah, I, real I think alien that was, it was, autopsy. It was hooked up somehow. Yeah. I think it may have been hooked up. Yeah, I think so. So. Yeah. The next thing that uh, links to this is uh, was uh, we. You guys are familiar with William Tompkins, the, the whistleblower. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there was a lengthy uh, article, and it, the the interesting part is that the Tula Society that groomed Hitler, there was a psychic named Maria Orsic, and evidently she was in communication with the uh, alien greys, uh, and Hitler knew about it, but he had already, evidently the Nazis had already been in contact with the reptilians. Uh, at the same time that Orsic was doing her channeling, so Hitler left her alone because uh, you know he figured uh, you know more information the better, and and that he could go in and shut shut her down anytime he wanted to anyway. But evidently, uh, this this backs up what uh, Warner von Braun said to someone one time that they had help from above with their uh, their rocket program. So. I just I just thought that was interesting the Tula connection Maria Orsic being a, a channeler and um, the Nazis being in touch with like two different alien races. You know what I do want to just talk about just for a short bit. Why would advanced alien civilizations want to have anything to do with the Nazis? Well, I I don't think their perspective. We don't know how they think. We don't think their perspective. Is the same as ours, you know. We see them as a, you know, an, an evil civilization that tried to take over the world. I, I don't, I don't, I think they're kind of neutral in and how they see things, you know. Well, here, here's an interesting thought pattern, um, which which was new to me in terms of I had I had never really considered this as being something that was even possible. Uh, as you know, we've been we've been talking about AI. We talked about it on the last show. We're going to wrap it up this week. But um, this this comes from a conversation between David Wilcock and Corey Good. Corey Good is a guy that says he was yeah. was mm-hmm. or I think maybe still is in the secret space program. Right. So so Corey Good says that there is um, an an artificial intelligence that is pervasive in the universe. Now you you, you got to kind of wrap your mind around this because yeah. this is pretty out there. Yeah. Um, and and he says it's not really a physical presence. It's it's a it's a signal. Mm-hmm. And and what it does is it it invades um, solar systems and it's been it's been around for for eons, and it's destroyed many many civilizations. Um, and I think this this may kind of tag into Atlantis too in some way. Yeah. Um, so, so what this what this uh, force does is it it comes into the atmosphere and it kind of attaches to the atmosphere of a planet, to the um, electromagnetically, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then it goes into it. It can actually attach itself to particular humans. It, it invades their um, bioelectrical system. Yeah, and it can get them to do its bidding. 
Now, what it does is it, it, it and this is an intelligence, but it's an artificial intelligence, an ancient, mm -hmm. ancient force that is sort of like the yin and yang. It's kind of the, the negative side of the creative force, the creative force. Okay. So it's Luciferian in nature. Uh -huh. um, so, so what it does is it identifies people that it can get to do its bidding because it has no physical presence. It's, it's just a, it's an electrical force, basically. That's and, interesting. And, and what it does is it it creates technology um, through through a series of progressive inventions that allows it to take form. The technology is becomes its form, and that technology then becomes the instrument that it uses to control the population. So, so let's extrapolate that into the, into the Nazis, and, and what if that is, in fact, the case? And that, that signal or that force you know, took over the Nazi, you know, maybe Hitler, maybe his henchmen, maybe all of them, and began to develop, and cause, you know, because all of the AI um, intelligence stuff really began with the Nazis. Yeah. That's really where well, it started. Well, I think you're making a really valid point. Because does, does that make sense? Everything, yeah, it does. Everything I've read about Hitler said that he was uh, he was controlled by by forces outside of himself. Well, there you go. So he he kind of said it himself. They called it the twin <clears throat> resonator, the t twin resonators of evil. Uh, Trevor Ravenscroft in his book *The Spear of Destiny* he talks about that Hitler was groomed by the Tula Society and that his consciousness was opened with with drugs and that uh, he was overtaken by dark forces and that people, eyewitnesses, I read a lot of eyewitness accounts of his speeches and, and to a man or a woman, uh, people say that he, it wasn't him anymore. When he started speaking, it was like something else speaking. Through. Work, working through yeah. him. Yeah I've, yeah, I've seen that too or heard that. I think you make a valid point there. So if you extrapolate that concept into where we're going, and we're going to talk about this yeah. today, so I don't get too far into it. I, I wanted to throw that out to see if you had ever heard of that or if, if that had any resonance with you. But um, so, so the Nazis really were the were the stepping stone for for AI. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And AI is where we're you know what's leading us down the road to becoming uh, more less connected with our spiritual side and more yes. connected with, and that's where technology is taking yeah. us. Which okay. makes us more vulnerable to being, to being virtually taken over. Yeah, and and as Corey Good says, he calls these people that get identified by this signal or this force. Um, he calls them the AI prophets. Yeah. Um, so now you have people like this this guy Ray Ray uh, Kurzweil, who actually works for Google. Um, who's who's the guy that we talked about this on the pre? I don't know whether you listened to the previous show, Jim, about AI. Yes, we we talked about him having. He has this book, the um, the coming singularity. Mm -hmm. um, so so these guys are all setting this whole thing up for this next, you know, this next force. And Corey Good says that when this happens, when technology takes over, it, it never ends up well for the. It, no, yeah, no, and for, it's, for the people involved, and you can actually, humans, and you can actually see some of the things that are happening mm -hmm. right now. That is, it, it's just, it's just mind-boggling how nefarious this entire takeover of how 
electric electronic media is just taking over every aspect of our modern lives well absolutely and that there's a couple of things i had uncovered in the process of of doing this show and it was just like it's it's not good it's not healthy so so let's extrapolate that back to atlantis you know we've always heard that they destroyed themselves um, but but maybe that force was at work even in Atlantis. I mean, they were, they were pretty advanced. Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, well, I th- I think you, you you're onto something there, Walt, because the, you know remember there were two groups, one that would practice the dark arts and ones that were people of the light, and evidently the scientists were in league with the ones that practiced the dark arts, and they they destroyed themselves because uh, you know they got out of control with with science, so, linking it linking it to. Uh, you know, the dark arts and, and misuse of technology for you know. Mis- exactly. Misuse I, I, I also think that there's sort of like the the uh, the Babylonian Tower syndrome, whereas there is if some if some civilization here on Earth is moving along too quickly, like the Tower of Babel, somebody like, you know, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, whatever, whatever name you want to apply, the 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 God of the Old Testament said, no, no, I can't allow this. We can't allow this and destroyed our ability to cooperate with each other. There could be something to the fact that 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 alien forces or the forces that are alien to our everyday understanding of, of sentient life comes down and says, no, we can't allow you to do that. Like, it, for example, what we talked about at the, at the top of the show, talking about aliens shutting down nuclear weapons facilities mm-hmm. you know if they could do that what else could they do well you know there, there's supposed to be a universal um policing group sure that um this this force apparently um has been through the universe destroying you know and there's a lot of when you start thinking about some of the themes like in star trek and yeah and and ones like that shows like that even the, the different levels of star trek um that kind of comes through in in a lot of the different episodes if you go back and think about some of the uh yeah it does, so, it does. some of the theme, thematic things that gene roddenberry came up with um have, remind, uh, have robert you, morning's guy's uh, treatise his little book remind reminds me of same uh, thing he, yeah same exact yeah, thing that, that this is this is not a new concept this is no. this is played out over and over and over again yeah. And and basically, this is a this is a Luciferian force that is attempting to corrupt um, things for for what I don't I don't know what the reason is. You know, it's just whether it's just for power or for for whatever it is. But we have we have a lot of I think people on Earth who are and probably in Atlantis as well who were what uh, Corey Good calls AI prophets that yeah. that are that are bringing this forward to us. And and they make it it makes it look like it's going to be good for us. That's that's the face that's put on. Right. That, you know. Well, um, let me let me let me like uh, delve into some Eastern mysticism. Go ahead, delve. Uh, ma- the, uh, masters talk about. Uh, there was a book called the. Uh, uh, doesn't matter the title of the book. The the basic concept is that the masters say that um, when the fall occurred. You know the fall of mm-hmm. uh, capital F. Right. That the the negative power was given domain over the lower planes as as a boon because the negative power evidently you know 
worshipped the creator for like aeons and aeons, and he was so pleased with his worship that he gave him a, a granted him domain over the lower planes, and that's the negative power, capital N, and that uh, that's the nature of the fallen universe, the physical universe that it is it is ruled by negativity, and uh, it, the job of the negative power to keep his lower realms populated with souls, so to speak, he keeps uh, he keeps things going negatively so that they can't evolve out of the out of the uh, of the lower planes. So I think yeah. what you're talking about walk kind of syncs with this. Yeah. There is yeah. there is that maybe possible universal force threading through everything that that takes takes the shape of whatever it can can accommodate itself to. Well, I, I was also listening to William Henry, who who's a really tuned up guy. I don't know if you guys are aware of mm -hmm. him or not, but and he was talking in, in terms of AI, how um, the, the real true mission of, of our soul mission is, is to move toward enlightenment. Yes. And, and what technology is basically doing is keeping us from going there. So that, so that our, the mission of this negative force, as you're talking about, Jim, is to keep our souls entrapped in this plane. Absolutely. Absolutely, and and the only way that, or one of the ways that that can be done is through through technology. Because yeah. the more technological the society gets, the less spiritual it gets. Generally, um, yeah, there's there's no real way to infuse spirit into technology. Technology yeah. is is basically a tool that, or we see it as a tool anyway, to, yeah. to enhance our lives. But it doesn't really enhance us in any way spiritually. It doesn't change our vibration. Right. And what in you're fact, if anything about does, it lowers it. One of the it. huge downsides that you can't talk to people about in general because they'll look at you like you have two heads. Yeah, they, they don't do. Understand yeah. This concept. Well, it's because they're vibrating at a lower, lower, yeah. lower level. Um, there. I I don't know how much time you have. Go ahead, Eric. I don't. There, there is one aspect that I did want to talk about this, and, and, and we're supposed to be all hyper excited about the fact that we have unlimited um, access uh, to knowledge. We have more access to information that not nobody could ever, even science fiction authors could have predicted that we would have had this much information. But yet the thing is, is that there are some segments of our population that are actually getting dumber. A fine example is and I wrote about this in, in an article on on the Fedora Chronicles main site called The Death of Reason. And this was all started by Shaquille O'Neal, the Shack saying, proclaiming that the earth <laughs> the earth is actually flat. <laughs> and, and and he's dead serious. Fat or flat? Flat. Flat. <laughs> and and his reasoning is you can't argue with it because it's just that stupid because, well, he's driven from Florida to Los Angeles and there's no way that the earth could be round because he, he see because he sees that it's flat. Well, then it's obviously flat and everything, everything from NASA is just a part of a giant conspiracy theory. And well, the, the first mistake is, is giving any credibility to, to whatever Shaquille O'Neal says, exactly. exactly. You know, I mean, but there but are. But there's some, probably people who do. But and, 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 you, and I did that's, some research for this. Sad. And there's a there's the flat Earth Society, and that mm. and the thing and to un, to believe the Earth is flat means that you have to ignore literally millennia 
of scientific research. There have, I mean, back up, Eric, where our educational system is so dumbed down. It doesn't matter how much knowledge is there. People aren't getting it. No. And I, I totally agree with that. I, and, but the, but the idea that, that somebody can actually go through because Shaquille O'Neal went to college. He's, he played college ball and that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. But the, no. But how the, often do you think he went to class? Who, I mean, who knows? But the fact that somebody was, if somebody is able to go through the educational system, you're able to graduate from high school with the belief that the Earth is flat. How how does that happen unless there's a systematic dismantling of, of scientific knowledge and reason in the schools? And and who well, do we, who there do we is, and I think that I think that goes all the way. All the way up to the, uh, the, you know, the corporations. They want a dumb population. They want, they're, 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 they put out false science. Talk about false news. They put out false science to back up uh, products they know are deadly to us. Oh sure, sure. People will see that stuff and they believe it because they, they don't, they don't, uh, they're not discriminating intelligently. Does that fall into the category? I think I'm going to put on a hood and start burning people at the stake. <laughs> I mean, if if you like, you think that that's funny, but the thing is, is that I mean, if you go from believing the Earth is flat, believing that people are there are certain people in the in the population, there's a segment of the population are inferior because of their skin color, is not that far off. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. you could easily reason if you're going to throw away the science that proves that the earth is flat, then you can throw away any kind of science that you want to make up any phony baloney beliefs, like a woman practicing science. You know, you could look in that and say, well, that's not science, that's witchcraft. Because if you're willing to throw away science, then everything else is up for grabs. But it, it all comes down to logic. I mean, that's not even logical, that, no. that the earth is flat. That, that I mean... First of all, we've seen pictures of the Earth from space. Was that like made up? That's what that's what the flat Earthers say. <laughs> Come on, that's just that's not even logical. That's just absurd. That that doesn't even deserve well, any kind of credibility. Well, you, you you have access to a little hose. You need to like cool spray air at cooling down. I can feel him steaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his his microphone's starting to melt. <laughs> um, I I don't know how much time you have left, Jim, but I I wanted to talk about the article that I sent to you guys about the high vi- higher vibrational foods. Yes. Oh, that and, was a good article. That and was I, really good. I, I think this really ties into um, where this discussion is going in terms of you know, people's vibrational level. Um, and, and I think it, the, the article really captured the essence of what the real problem is. And, and that's the fact that what we, you know, what we put into our bodies um, really, really impacts the, the level of vibration that we're, we're at. And that in turn affects where we are in terms of our ability to counteract some of these negative negative forces there yeah, you're, you're absolutely right I, I wrote a whole section of my book about what you're t- discussing yeah about, um, yeah I remember. Vibrational levels yeah um, but but and, and I think that's the key to everything that's that's what I you know when I like when I see people that are you know obviously functioning at a lower level that's the only way I have to position is that I say okay well they're just they're vibrating at a, at a, at a different frequency or a lower frequency and they just haven't gotten there yet and and 
you know, when you talk about the food system, one, one of the points the article made, which I thought was really good and not something I really hadn't thought of before, is that the further the distance is that the food the, the food gets from the from the source yeah. from yes. the plant, mm-hmm. the right. the less um, vibration less it has. Less vibrational yeah. energy it has to give to us. Yes, that's correct. Right. So if you if you have blueberries that were trucked from California or South America or somewhere, they're not going to have the same vibrational quality as vi- blueberries that you go and pick yourself. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and if they're organic, then so much the better because I think the pesticides or whatever's put on them to yeah. keep them from getting whatever, yeah. um, I think interferes with that process as well. Yeah. It That's separates us from, the, from that vibration. Um, so one thing that surprised me, and, and when I thought about it, it, it kind of made sense, was that they put maple syrup on the list of things that was really high up on the vibrational Yeah. Plain. Now, as you know, um, maple syrup's kind of a staple in, in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. In northern New England, anyway. Uh, but when you think about it, that's really made from the lifeblood of a tree. Absolutely. So, yeah. although yes. it's processed pretty heavily, um, I don't think anything. Oh, it's just is, boiled away. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's actually kind of condensed almost into a. That's exactly what into happens. Into a more. Um, maybe, maybe the vibration isn't lost. I can because of that process I can, is what I can, I'm saying. You know? I can speak to this because my grandparents... No, we're not were, talking about Aunt Jemima now. We're talking no, no, about, we're talking about the real stuff. And right. what happens is that they tap the trees. What'd you be saying? <laughs> they, tap the, they, t- they tap the trees. They pull out the sap, which is really... It, it, it looks almost like water. It does. It's clear. And, and they put but it's, it... Th- but it's really the blood, of the lifeblood right. of the tree. And, mm-hmm. and they put it through like a filter to get out the bark and, and whatever. And they just boil away. Mm-hmm. The, the water, the bugs in the in the water, mm-hmm. they they boil away the water and it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker, it condenses down to this amber colored fluid, mm-hmm. which is which is the syrup. And right. and and the thing is is that it was just like the way that we treat the environment, especially with the trees along the side of the road. When we salt the hell out of the roads, we're actually doing damage to those maple trees. But so oh, to yeah, get absolutely. the really gr- to get the high quality syrup you have to go further and further into the woods and those woods yeah. are being decimated because of quote progress as it were and and it is it's the like it's not just the lifeblood of the trees it's the lifeblood of the planet well essentially it's, it's, it's the same yeah it's, it comes, it's, it comes out it's to be the same, same thing, thing. But, so, so when what, you i think what you're talking about walk uh, links to the uh, obesity epidemic that we have because people they aren't. They aren't getting their cravings satisfied. They're nutritionally and energetically deficient yeah. in the food that they eat, so they keep eating and eating and eating, and they don't understand why they can't ever get satisfied. Well, and that speaks to, to, to. Is there is there a larger intention in terms of keeping people eating that kind of stuff? Oh, absolutely. To, to keep their vibration down so that they can't really have perception of what the, you know, what the reality is of what's going That's on. That's certainly a possibility. Um, yep. Is that, you I know, is, so. is that, is that in, is that by design or is it just, mm-hmm. that it just, maybe is a that little, just happenstance? Maybe a little both. Maybe well, a little and, both. and you also, I mean, people that make less income, have less income, obviously can't afford to buy we're probably not going to buy organic produce or, or not right. going to, not, no. not that they couldn't, they just choose not to. And, and they probably have been raised on, 
mm-hmm. you know, that kind of food. And so they automatically gravitate toward that kind of thing. But what, what the end result of that is, is that they're, they end up vibrating at a, at a lower level because that's what they're consuming. Watch what happens <clears throat> to children who eat nothing but Doritos and drink a, a, a bottle of Coke. And see what happens to those kids after they have a lunch of nothing or a snack of Coca-Cola and, and, and Doritos. Yeah, and watch how those thing. kids behave. Right. And, and yes. kids eat that in school and then they're going to like be open to being educated. I'm know? shocked. Shocked to believe you know, that. Kids that, eat, go to Dunkin' Donuts. My, my wife's a high school nurse. And yeah. she, you know, they, they go to Dunkin' Donuts and they, they get sugared out on big you know, sugary yeah. drinks and donuts. And all yeah. those. then they come to school and they're... You know, yeah. they're, they're like chattering and then all of a sudden they have they, they crash. crash. Yeah. So, you know, they're not prepared to, to be educated, you know. So, uh, but I mean, so that's all part of it. One of the <clears> things <throat> that I would like to be able to do is, well, we, we, we need and Walt and I had had talked about this a little bit earlier this week. We need to come up with a call to action. Like, what's the what's the mission and the goal of of the metaphysical connection? And I think that one of that should be um, get informed and raise your vibrational level, your spiritual vibrational level. And one way to do that is um, get rid of your lawn. Get rid of your lawn and replace your lawn with an actual garden, like a victory garden like they had in, uh, in, 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 in World War II. Grow your own food and see what happens. Even if or, it's, or at the very least, if that's not practical for you, because everybody doesn't have that access to that kind of material, but go to, try to go to farmers markets, yeah, and get stuff in, in season. You know, that's that's close, that's been grown fairly close to you, right? So that a you're getting still getting the vibrational quality that you get from food that's been freshly picked, and b you're supporting the local people that are doing that kind of thing. And if you can get organic stuff, so much the better. Or if you can grow it yourself, cool. But you know, not everybody has either the wherewithal or the or the physicality to do that kind of thing. You know, so yeah, that's that's certainly something that to a small to a small extent, I, I agree with you. But there are there are ways that you can grow lettuce within your own apartment on Manhattan. Uh, well, yeah, I, you, there are well, some yeah. things that you yeah. can grow. If you want Try to it, see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm not diminishing that. I just think that that's probably. Not something that a lot of people. I mean, you have to sometimes start in stages, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you if you buy organic stuff, just just buy organic stuff. Yeah. And and see if you feel any better. See if you feel any different. Um, and then go to that next stage, maybe. You know, I, I think that's all. You know, I, I was looking at the list of things that are that were on there that are these are things that are considered high vibrational foods. Um, and I was telling Eric, I was in the grocery store the other day, and I saw some old people. I say old, like in mm-hmm. their like seven, late eight, late late seventies, early eighties, sure. maybe. Sure. And they had like three or four cans of spam in their cart. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering, like, it surprised me that spam wasn't on that list of high hybrid vibrational foods. You know, that that was a surprise to me. And that, I w- that along with cheese doodles. And I was and I was telling Walt that uh, <laughs> spam gets a bad rap. Spam is like it should. It, get, it gets a, it gets a bad rap because well, because it's like if you think spam is disgusting, I think it has a. a I think it. I think you're not cooking it right, Walt. But the well, thing- Monty Python sang about it. Yeah. Gotta be good. Gotta be good. Hey, Eric. Yeah. It doesn't have enough spam. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like spam. <laughs> let me go back. Let me go back to a previous conversation. Uh, before we leave this, where you said, like, well, what what would the aliens be doing working with the Nazis? And 
I forgot to mention that you know not every race out there is benevolent. And no, I know the, the Dracos, the reptilians that were working with the Nazis were um, uh, negative. They were very dark. In fact, uh, Tompkins said that uh, he couldn't talk about their darkest activities, which included eating humans and performing blood sacrifices, because people would think he would be crazy, and then they wouldn't listen to anything he had to say. So, to answer your question, you know, not every race is benevolent. That's, no, you know. So, anyway, uh, I got two more real quick. One links to your show. Remember the movie Elysium with um, uh, the science fiction movie uh, Elysium, where there was a future society. Yes, uh, they lived in a, a, a space station. The elite, the powerful elite. Yeah, and, yep. Mm-hmm. And, Probably and not that far out of the realm of possibility. But they had, yeah, they had mm. robot servants and robot. Uh, doctors that perform surgeries and so forth, and um, they're they're uh, they just used a robot to perform a cochlear implantation, which is very delicate surgery. They That's developed the ear, a robotic right? yeah. robotic drill uh, to do the actual drilling into the ear, um, and it was within a. An accuracy of 25 microns. So I think um, that's just another step towards AI, like, you know, coming forward. I mean, I think in our lifetime, we're going to see things that we're just talking about right now. Absolutely. Last thing before you move into your show, and this was the most interesting article on crop circles I've ever seen. I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but basically, this scientist had studied. Uh, crop circles most of his life and he's saying that there are messages uh, hidden in the crop circles and um, he feels that they're put there either by aliens or by human time travelers Um, and one of the things that they've gained from this is an advanced binary system uh, that they've learned he's learned a binary code from studying um, crop circles it's an advanced version of our binary codes as if they're his one theory is that they're trying to introduce themselves to us peacefully whether they be aliens or time travelers and it's it's he said it's comparative to like uh, when we try to communicate with dolphins we use a bubble device to make bubbles and it draws the uh, the dolphins under the ocean to the generator and they come up and they play and they investigate and then we study them. <laughs> so he thinks that the crop circles are like a, a dolphin bubbler for us. Whoever's making them is like way in advance of, of where we are. I just thought that was an interesting article. Really interesting. Yeah, I always wondered what the what the point of crop circles was. What what um, what's the reasoning behind it? And I, I think it is I think it's a mathematical um, Message, message, message for us. Yeah. yeah, I also think that it may harken like a wake-up call. I, I think it also harkens back to the theory that we had about some whoever occupied this planet ages ago. Part of their their global machine that they that they built and whatever use it could be part of their machine language, and they're trying to maybe reprogram some of our own technology to, to rebuild some aspects of of, of the of the uh, the global machine. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it that could, could be. No, if they're time travelers, you might be onto something there. Because, I mean, I think it's really interesting that by studying crop circles, they made a major breakthrough 
in discovering an advanced binary code that uh, is a, a ahead of what our computers currently use. Now, if they can come up with that from studying crop circles, there's something going on there that we're missing. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, there is something weird going on. But the thing is, is that the people who, who are growing the crops and raising the crops and they lose that that area of product, do they get compensated by any chance? By who, who, <laughs> who, so. who compensates for that? I, I don't know. It's, I'm curious to find out. Jim, as always, it is. I could keep you on for hours and talk to you about the stuff that's going on in the news. Well, it's, it's fun. It's fun interacting with you guys, and I like bringing this uh, forward, and I hope some people get benefit from it. Absolutely. So. Well, that's what we're hoping. The, uh, you know, Eric and I talked about sort of, you know, kind of, we were kind of looking at the show and thinking, well, what's, what's our intention? What's Call our mission? Action. You know, what, what, yeah, what, why are we doing this? And, and I think it's to... Raise awareness. It, yeah, it's our contribution to the overall consciousness of the planet. And, yeah. And if we just raise the consciousness of, you know, a few listeners, then that's a contribution yeah. to the overall, yeah. to the overall and, and, picture. And that's mm-hmm. where my head is. And that's, that's why I send out emails to, to some people. And I figure, like, I never hear back, but I figured, okay, if they get something out of it, fine. If they delete them, that's on them. So, you know, that's, that's, my, that's my mission in life is just to try to raise awareness and share information and, 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 and raise the intelligence level because uh, they, got, they got their foot on our necks. You know what? The vibration. Raise, yeah. raise, right. raise people's vibration. And, and you don't ever know um, – what 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 that does you know right right if you if you take 10 people say and and you raise their vibrational level by informing them about something just a just a peg even just a notch yeah that's a contribution that's that you know if if everybody raised their vibrational level by one notch yeah there there would be a big difference in things yeah and one thing that jim that i would like you to ask to ask you to do is uh, all the people who are on your mailing list, let them know about the metaphysical connection and let them know that they can subscribe to the show um, via iTunes and SoundCloud and Player FM. And because this is their show, we do. I, ha- this- I have, but uh, only to a select few, because by and large, most of my email list is family and friends that generally aren't interested in. You know how I think or what we say. Well, well, the thing is, well, well, we'll bring them on board. Like, just just send everybody out an invitation. And the thing is, is that it's like it's like grape nuts. Try it for two weeks and see how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we All promise right. I send you, you my bio. You wanted a bio. I, I do want a bio. I want everybody's bio. I and, sent it to you. Okay. All right. And the thing is, is that not only not only. We are we saying try the metaphysical connection two week challenge? We oh, well, oh, I have a challenge. Speaking of challenges, yeah. Um, segueing in, into today's show about AI, uh, I don't know if this is a challenge or a question. Maybe both. Um, one one of the things that uh, West Penray, uh, and yeah. I meant to, I meant to send that um, that ebook to you, Jim, and I will. Oh, by the way, I got the book on Gobekli Tepe. Thank you for okay. that. Um, but he, he challenges people to um, not use any technology for a week. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think you could do that? Well, I can't if I'm going to run the show. 
No, I, well, he says for anything other than work. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, could yeah. you could you not go on Facebook? I know you go on Facebook a lot, Eric. I know Jim, you don't right. do Facebook, and I go on there occasionally, so wouldn't impact me very much. Could could you do that for a week? Could you not go on Facebook for a week? Other, I don't other than to, other than to put the show on. Oh yeah, I think oh. I could. Could you could you not use your phone, Jim, for a week? Uh, I could, but I don't think my wife would be happy. <laughs> well, that's, she's, she the, stay, that's how we stay in touch. The, but she's on the go, like yeah. all the time. The point I'm making is is that technology has invaded our lives. Oh, it has. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. you know, if you can't, you know, from my point of view, if you can't not use technology for a week, um, other than for you know work purposes. Uh, uh, Yep. Then I think maybe that's something you should take a look at. I think and I'm not sure when I say you, I'm talking about everybody now. Everybody yeah. within the, yeah. You know, it's right. funny you bring that up, Walt, because often I'm, I long I long for what you're speaking about. Yeah. I, I, some, I, I know I have the capability to just drop out. But because of, you know, family and obligations and such, I just don't do it because it's just not realistic for me where I am. You know, I'm not living in isolation. I have to yeah. stay. I have to keep in touch. I need to be accessible to people, and that's the way it is. So yeah, I just no. I'm not, I'm not taking you to task on this, Jim. But how many sure people? How many? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, actually, I am. Yeah. How, how many people use that rationalization or justification for you Everybody. know? Yeah. When Everybody. you see people driving down the street, street texting or or on their phone or whatever, I think to myself. You know, is that really is that phone call really that important to tell your spouse or whoever it is that you're, you know, you're two miles away from home or whatever? Is is that really that important? And and do you really need to do that? We'll get we'll get into that in the second. Yeah, we're going to get into show. that. It reminds me of Chris Farrell when they tried to take his French fries away. I need them. <laughs> well, I know that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's the challenge that I think we all I face. Know. I think I, I think it is. Um. So you know, I'm not. Wait, wait. Before not, you go, I'm not dismissing anybody, but. No, are you going to a two-week uh, show seg- uh, cycle? You told me you email me. We are. To- yeah, we are. When you're going to start that? Um, well, let me, let we're me gonna, we'll skip next week, and then yeah. we're going to go oh. on from there. Oh, we're skipping next week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Unless, obviously, if something really super important comes up, some like like Donald Trump gets in front of a microphone and, and he pulls off of his face mask, face mask and he's an orange reptilian underneath that. Or, or if they there's a uh, news, uh, breaking news that Shaquille is actually right about uh, the, flat, the flat earth theory that's been proven that he was actually right. So not only can he play basketball, but he's He's pretty good interpreting scientific facts. God. Oh, my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Not the, on your mic. It's too expensive. By the Listen, way, did guys, you... It's, it's wonderful talking to you. Hey, Jim, yeah. before you leave, speaking of vibra- high vibrational food, I, I saw somewhere on CNN or somewhere that, that Donald Trump actually likes McDonald's. Oh, I know. I saw that. So I think that he thinks that the Donald in McDonald's, like... Is, <laughs> <laughs> is is like named after him or something? You know, I, uh, I'm not that's sure. probably it. That's but probably anyway, that's it. probably why he's vibrating on such a high level. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty believable. I know. All right, Jim, I'll let strange. you go. You know what? Strange days have truly found. <laughs> they have exactly. Thank you, Jim. All right, Jim. Talk to you later, pal. All right, take care. See you, guys. Jim. See you. Hey, All good right. luck with your house. Oh, thank you. I'll that that offer is probably going to be like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks, Walt. <laughs> as soon as they discover the bodies in the basement. I, I just I just lowered your vibrational level, Jim. <laughs> okay. I'll see you guys. All right, pal. If you're a fan of the show, we would really appreciate it if you would help spread the word and tell your friends who are interested in the paranormal about our podcast and our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. That's the portal for listening to all of our past shows. Read our show notes and links that we talk about on each episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Metaphysical Connection podcast by clicking subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. By subscribing, we have a better idea of who is listening and how to better serve all of you in our audience. Be sure to also join us by going to facebook.com slash groups slash The Metaphysical Connection. Once again, spread the word and tell your friends to join us here at The Metaphysical Connection at metaphysicalpodcast.com. Don't put your blame on me. Um, subject this week, and, and I'm thinking about a couple of titles for this week's show. And I was thinking, for whatever reason, invasion of the privacy snatchers. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. A- AI part two. <laughs> part two. <I> mean, <laughs> or George, George Orwell was right. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty profound. He, I think, I think he was a prophet. I think that he was on to something. Mm-hmm. And speaking of being on to something, um, I, I do have a weird confession. Um, there was a time okay. in my life when I used to actually collect um, editions of or, of George Orwell's 1984 because I like to read the forward and the afterwards. That's always different in every printing. Yeah. Sometimes they get somebody to write a forward. For somebody it. will write a forward for 1984, and I actually have two copies of the book on my on my desk, and I also have a copy of Christopher Hitchens' book, and it's probably one of the best books Christopher Hitchens ever wrote about another author, called "Why Orwell Matters." Hmm. And I think that this is very important. It was a little off on the timeline, but it's pretty right on. Yeah, Got a lot of stuff. And the thing <laughs> is, is that the entire theme of 1984 is how people are subjugated by a tyrannical technological dictator because what was big brother what was what was big brother it was an invasion of technology right but on, what but the privacy but who and what was big brother and I'm, I'm getting a point here what was big brother it was, it was a technological extension of the, the, the dictatorship if you stop and think about it for too long Big, you never saw Big Brother. Who was Big Brother? Big Brother was just Big Brother. Big, but Big Brother was the name of the government machine, mm-hmm. as it were, literally right. and figuratively. Right. If anything, Big Brother was really nothing more than HAL 9000 overwatching. Because you never actually, I, I mean, HAL operated through this little electronic eye that was ubiquitous all over the USS Discovery. Right. 
And Big Brother was ubiquitous on every TV screen, two-way TV screen. Mm -hmm. Every TV screen was like, A, it was a TV screen, but it was also a camera to watch you. It's interesting. Um, in the previous segment, when we were talking to Jim, I accessed the conversation of Corey Good and uh, David Wilcock. Uh, and, and Corey Good was talking about how um, in the media, and, and maybe 2001, maybe 1984 kind of fit into this yeah. this category, but there's a show called uh, Person of Interest. Yep. Have you ever watched that? I have. Um, and, and really what that is, is um, this guy develops this computer. Yeah, it's a main. I think it started. Was he working for the Department of Defense? I don't. I don't remember. He, he was working for some big group. Big Brother, well, <laughs> another incarnation yeah. of Big Brother. Well, maybe. Well, that's what it turns into, and and this computer is is used for surveillance. Yeah, and then it kind of morphs into this um, next level, where it, it where it, it it gets into the all of the surveillance equipment. Yes. In, all over the place. Yes. You know, so it has access to all surveillance cameras. It's in the wiring. It's in the electrical grid. And as a result, it's able to basically profile just about anybody. Exactly. Now, in the show, they sh they initially it's used to um, identify probabilities of, of crimes that are going to be committed. Yeah. And then it's sort of... It goes like it gets morphed into something that starts to be begin to control everything. Yeah. So it's it's really that kind of concept where you where you have a, an, an artificial intelligence surveilling everybody and everything that goes exactly. on. Exactly. And that really does become Big Brother. Exactly. It is. And that's exa and that's exactly especially what, if it's used to determine what is going to happen with individual people. Well, here's how it's happening in our daily lives today. Fine example, you mentioned Facebook. Facebook has an algorithm, and Facebook's algorithm is able to determine what kind of ads does Walt want to see. Mm -hmm. And then it determines the same algorithm, tries to determine what kind of ads would Eric like to see. And when I'm on Facebook, I see a lot of ads for things like, you know, um, uh, Sw like swing music and you know new fedora uh, manufacturers and diesel punk clothes and other groups and stuff like that walt on the other hand when walt goes on facebook walt sees all kinds of ads for you know um corgi home grooming and have you, have you been on my facebook page have you, have you crept into me I'm not saying. Oh, okay. I'm not saying there, but there was that one time when you had to sneak in and and logged in and and and. But the thing is, is that there are and Google does the same thing and Twitter does the same thing. Essentially, they cater the quote experience mm -hmm. for each individual user. I love film noir. I talk about film noir on the Fedora Chronicles Twitter account, and of course, I have ads catered towards me saying hey there's a film noir film festival playing in Keene, new hampshire at the at the university do you want us to buy tickets for you well hell yeah walt on the other hand walt is a big fan of who sings that song um werewolves of london Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. So Walt will get, there's a new box set of, of Warren Zevon albums that are coming, you know, un, previously unreleased tunes. 
and and of course, and the, we'll, Walt and I will be looking at the same index page, but see different ads. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Because obviously, well, I, I, know, I know Amazon must do the same thing. Am- because, oh hell yeah! Because I'll get, um, I'll be on something totally unconnected. The, meta, the metaphysical like some other yeah. site, you know, looking at something. And I would have been on Amazon, like for example, I was looking at shower stalls. Sure, you know, uh, and that, and then on the side of like shower stalls will come out, up. Like, sure, I'm thinking like, well, how'd that happen? Yeah, you know? well, obviously there's some, Amazon's connecting with something else. Sure, because I was looking at shower stalls on Amazon. Boom! It's coming out on these other things, so. and not to sound like a total hypocrite, but that's how. Hey, listen, we we make up to eleven dollars a month being an Amazon affiliate. You're looking at shower um, shower stalls on Amazon, and then you go to the metaphysical connection, you'll see an ad from Amazon for shower stalls, and you'll mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, as a nice little reminder, we get a little taste of that." Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that, right? As long as it. Remains in I mean to me that's fairly innocuous sure, although maybe I'm not really seeing the total ramifications right But you know if I'm on something else and the shower stall picture comes on with Amazon So what you know, I'm not that worried about it However, it does sort of open up the door to other kinds of sure things, you know, like if if Um, like if you're I mean, it's sort of a privacy thing in some ways like if you're if you're cruising the Amazon looking for back issues of penthouse magazine mm-hmm. and then your wife gets on the on the computer and she's on the metaphysical connection and on the on the right hand side there are ads for vintage copies of penthouse magazine how do you think that's going how do you how do you think that well, conversation is going to work i out? think the first thing she would say was why didn't you order the issue that i was in <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying exactly uh, anyway i was trying to get the one where i wrote the letter in <laughs> really just one yeah we're getting crazy now just one <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah it's it it is kind of weird it's i mean it, it strikes me as weird I, I and i sort of kind of gloss over it and think yeah oh, well you know but that's kind of the way it gets right yeah you, you know it gets, right it gets into your consciousness or, you know. it gets into the it, it, it gets into your own zeitgeist as much, it were. yeah and how much of that stuff is being shared with well that's another thing that we want to talk who about knows what who is knows that where, the, the, is know. that the thing is is that that's all well and good that mm-hmm. if if they're using your browser history to cater ads more towards you because I mean, I, I mean, let's be honest. There are some things. There's some ads I should never ever have to see ever again. I should never. I never ever want to see an ad for the Direct TV football super blowout all access package because I'm not a football fan. Mm-hmm. I don't begrudge people who do, right. but I'm really I'm not interested in getting you know the season pass mm-hmm. for Direct TV. Or football, but I know people who do direct the ads to the people who would like oh, that's, that stuff. That's misdirected. It's like, misdirected. Mis- misdirected by directive. But the thing is, is that when Facebook or or Amazon or Google or Yahoo, and we're going to talk about Yahoo in a little bit, when they sell that information to somebody else, mm-hmm. when um, my car dealership sold my information to these telemarketers now i'm getting three calls a day saying hey would you like to um buy an extended warranty for and they know exactly what kind of vehicle that i drive yeah 
Yeah, that, that's when it starts to get. That's flushy. when it gets a little. That's when it gets a little creepy. Right. And then when they don't. And when I asked him, how did you get this number? Then things get weird. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's get to the topic um, at hand, which which is the, and, and this sort of fringes on it, but the the kind of over overtaking um, or maybe overreach of technology. Yeah. Um, that we're approaching. We, and we, we talked about this on the last show. Right. We didn't really delve into all the areas, I guess. So. Yeah. So, so here's a question I have for you, Eric. This is a, this is a kind of a hypothetical question, okay. I, I would imagine. Okay. So if, if somebody contacted you via the internet or in some other way and said, okay. listen, Eric, I can, I can introduce a technology to you and let's say i'm going to ask you to turn the microphone again because your volume is starting to drop that, off that will bring you back to the time in your life when you feel like you were the most attractive now if you had to go back into your past physicality sure what what age would you pick to be if if you felt like you were the most uh, physically attractive physically attractive most people i think would say somewhere between 25 and early 30s or or not mm, not so much no i'd say 47 come on eric no let's seriously realistic no seriously i think that i am the most attractive do you want me to go get no, i mean i mean honestly eric now, now be honest no are we talking about me or other people no, i'm talking about you is that that's an honest answer that's i have you never feel like you're more attractive at 47 than you were when you were like 30? Have you ever seen pictures of me when I was younger? Uh, no, I guess I haven't. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. I think most people would... Most I mean, I, but I'm not most people. Okay. I, I probably shouldn't have narrowed it down to you then. Right. I think most people, say when they're in their 50s, 60s, whatever, might want to... Like Personally, I would say that I was probably at my height physically sometime between 25 and, and my early 30s. Okay. Okay. Just because your your body starts to you know to to, sure. to decline and you look a little you know you get gray hair and all right. that stuff happens. Um, so if somebody said, "Okay, I can bring you back to that look yeah. that you you know, that you were, you felt like you were the most attractive mm -hmm. by introducing a technology into your body, yes, of of nanobites exactly. Okay, and, and what those nanobites are going to do is they're gonna they're gonna basically essentially replace your cells. And they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna return your body to the shape that it was in when you were 27 years old. Mm -hmm. That's the age that you pick, and it's also gonna diagnose potential diseases that you have. And sure. Like, say you you know you're on the verge of getting diabetes. You can you know reverse that trend and and blah 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 blah. Would would you or do you think a lot of people would make that choice? I think almost everybody would make that choice. Okay. So what would that? But, but what would be the ramifications of that? Then at some point you're going to cross the threshold. Again, this is hypothetical. So. You're going to cross the threshold sometime in the not too distant future, where you stop being made out of human cells and you're made out of these little metallic nano cells or whatever right, nanobots. So it's inevitable. It's yeah. inevitable mm -hmm. because as as they're as these nanobots are replacing dead cells. To the dead, the the living human tissue is going to be outnumbered by mm -hmm. the synthetic tissue that we're talking about. Right. So you're you're, you're crossing over into the area of being of transhumanism. Exactly. Where, where 
humanness is replaced by um, mechanization. Exactly. Or technology, maybe you could call it. Exactly. Um, so, so if I were to further tell you that um, we, could, we could include your medical records in, into that system. Yeah. So that if you get hit by a car, say, you go to the hospital, they can they can automatically put some kind of scanner on you and, and um, like an RFID access your all all the medical procedures you've ever had done, well, and, and, like an RFID chip that we have in Abby, who's laying on the floor, like at our yeah, feet right that now. kind of thing. Exactly. Would you, like would you that. take that? Would you Would you think that was a good idea? Uh, I'm saying you. I'm I'm saying you as a general. You as a general people. I bet I bet most people would and not even think twice about it. All right, because it sounds good, right? I mean, it sounds. Like it sounds good. Hey, good. to yeah, some people, it life, sounds right? great. Could yeah, save your life. So, what if I were to tell you that I could use that to control you, and and make you do the things that you may not want to do, like do the dishes point. before Carol tells me? Well, a little more involved <laughs> in that, maybe. Um, yeah. I, but I don't, first of all, I don't, I think that, no, I don't think. I know that there are organizations out there that may be working directly or indirectly with DARPA to do exactly that. And we talked about this mm -hmm. in the sense of, can we as a society or as a civilization build a soldier who will follow orders and do things that you can't get an 18 or 19 year old kid right. to do right well they're, they're, that's exactly right your friends at darpa are doing just exactly that they're they're creating a a force of robotic soldiers that they can put into a battle and have them do exactly what they want them to do and they're they've got a huge amount of funding for that oh sure um so you know that's where I, I guess that's government funds. I, is that a government agency? I, I, I'm not really sure. Well, it's not your business but I, but to know. That's classified. <laughs> I know, but, it, but it's mostly involved with weaponry and, yeah. and you know that kind of thing. So it, it's it's the way things are going. Obviously. Yeah, that's the trend of things. And and then you know then you have to start talking about um, the the in, influx of robots and robotics into yeah. our society. What, what happens then? You know what happens when they have robots that are basically doing all of the all the jobs that humans don't want to do or don't choose to do well that's great walt <laughs> is it i don't know well, i don't know i mean the thing is is that it's like could you if somebody could offer you 50 million dollars would you go and clean up radioactive waste at fukushima would you do that no, no they couldn't offer me enough money really no would you? What if they? What if? What if you were already dying of cancer, and well, they were then, going to give well, that's you another story, fifty million dollars to well, your family? That's another story, but uh, I want so, to see the so, money first. So yeah, show me the money. But but my point is that you know we're leading, we're going down a road where technology is is basically controlling us. Yes, exactly. You know, um, to greater and lesser degrees. Um, you know, I, I threw out the challenge to you and Jim um, at the end of the last segment. Could could you go for a week? This is like the Seinfeld segment, you know. Could, yeah. Could you be the master of your own domain, uh -uh. technology-wise? Can can you um, go for a week without going on to Facebook or 
texting somebody or using your smartphone. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not saying to right. not use technology at all. Right. But I'm saying more technology use uh, that's more kind of on the periphery of necessity. Right. See, the thing, <clears throat> this is where I would interject in saying that there are, there are close family members. That's the only way that I stay in touch with them is through texting. Mm-hmm. I have an adopted sister up in northern New York, and the only way that I, I can see her is if when she comes by for a visit or when we're exchanging emails and stuff back and forth. That's the only that's the only okay, way. But, that, I'm, but I'm not saying to, to totally not ever use that again. I'm saying right. for a week. So if she didn't hear from you for a week, would would the world come to an end for her? I don't know. It might. See, these are these are all rationalizations that people use yeah. to justify their use of technology. There's and, all, and yeah. you know, I'm not taking you to task, although in some sense I am. Sure, of course you are. But um, and, and I'm not. I'm not saying that I don't use technology. Right. But I have number one. I don't have a smartphone. I have a track phone, mm-hmm. which I know you probably would snicker at behind. No, back. not at all. Um, which I have. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of hours or or thousands of minutes because I hardly ever use it. Sure. I use it for emergencies. I use it if I have to have somebody get in touch with me, touch sure. with me if I'm not at home. I actually still have a landline, believe it or not. <gasps> I, know that's, I know that's weird. but um, And, you know, I certainly could go for a week without going on Facebook. I go on Facebook and I look at them. I get bored after about 10 minutes of, you know, seeing people's cookie recipes. and Right. You know, most of the stuff on there, you know, even stuff you put on there, I'll be honest. I don't really care about that much. Really? Yeah. What do I? I, I know what, that comes as a as a shock. What do I put on uh, Facebook that you don't care about? I, I just I don't know. Like you going out and shoveling the driveway or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like the pictures that I took of the massive snowstorm. Well, see, that's that's the difference because the thing is, I, I'll take pictures of how much snow that we got. It's not for you. It's for the other people who don't live around right, here. Let, let's not get specific to you because you're, <laughs> you're getting defensive here. <laughs> I am. I, I'm um, not going to lie. But, the, why, but why are you getting defensive? Because you have to tr- sort of rationalize I do. that somehow. I do. Well, I'm just saying, you know. And I also take, take ownership of it. And I know? also think that people, I mean. Do you think anybody really cares about that? Yes. Do you? Wow. Yes. Because really? like people, I don't. Like people who <laughs> used to, like the people who used to live in New Hampshire who don't live here anymore, they look at the the 18 inches of snow that we got and people are like, oh, thank God I don't live there anymore. Yeah, but is that like a crucial part of their day? I mean, is that is that going to make or break their day if they don't know that? They could probably saw it on the news or something, you know. But it's personalized. Okay. Those are I'm pictures. Those are pictures right. that Eric Fisk of the Fedora Chronicles. But it's also took because Eric, Eric Fisk is addicted to technology. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. I'm going to get it right out there on the table. I'm addicted, or I'm a dick. You know? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say. That. I wouldn't go that far, Eric. But, but my overall point is that this is where people are going. Oh, oh, absolutely. With, with stuff, you know, and and I don't think it's really. A lot of it is is really that critical to, yeah. to existence, but we're getting sucked into the the AI mindset, sure. the technology mindset, and, and, the, it's, and the th- it's and we're getting deeper and deeper all the time, and we're getting to the point where I'm not sure we can get out of it anymore. You know? Well, it's sort of like this, and I, I want to bring this this up here because we, we were talking about this of all the news organizations out there to publish this article mm-hmm. i was floored when i saw that it was from of all people forbes yeah, I know you're forbes me magazine that. 
And the thing is, is that this is from January 27th, 2014. And mm-hmm. trust me, it's gotten a lot worse. And the, the title of this is uh, these devices may be spying on you even in your home. And some of this is like we like to giggle and snip, like especially Donald Trump's spokeswoman was talking about how the Obama administration rigged the microwave in the White House to spy on Donald Trump. And a lot of people were like laughing at that. I, me for one. You were you for one. And the thing is, is that think you're safe in your own home these innocent looking devices may be spying on you or performing other nefarious actions and the first thing on the list here is your television like your, well, your that, I, that i don't your, your quote your smart mm-hmm. tv see i i think the television the introduction of the television just back in the what 50s 40s when they started yeah. using tvs yes I can vaguely remember when the first TV started appearing. That was the very beginning of this whole trend, I think. Yeah. That was when the TVs began to take over people's consciousness in some way. Do you remember the Outer Limits? Oh, yeah. We cre- do, we do can- not attempt to adjust your TV. Yes. We control the, we control the horizontal. We control the vertical. We yes. control the volume. So it's, it's kind of what that was saying in yeah. some sense. You know? Outer Limits was, yeah, was kind of a cool show, but... But we thought introduction. But a lot of us thought it was funny when Kathleen, when when what's her face had said that the micro, the microwave is Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway. She's kind of funny anyway. But yeah. Well, the thing is that it turns out here is is you can buy a smart refrigerator. Samsung has a smart refrigerator with a flat screen TV on the front, and (laughs) and you think ridiculous and and. It helps. It has a calendar in the family, and it can help tr- keep track. Because you, you know how it's like you have a calendar on the fridge, and the family is able to keep track of like does you know does does your kid does does Logan have lacrosse practice, and does Haley have it's soccer like, practice? Like Logan's run? No, Logan, like my nephew. Oh, like Logan's run. You know, like my sister would have this calendar on the fridge to keep track of all of the kids' activities. Right. Well, now you have a digital device, mm-hmm. Google. You can use Google Calendar on your refrigerator, on the flat screen TV on your refrigerator, the same way you used to do with a paper calendar or, or a dry erase calendar, and if you're in the kitchen and you want to follow Julia Child making a you know watch an old episode of Julia Child and, and keep up with her while making some French cuisine and you can do that if you wanted to on the television on your fridge and you can also watch the big game while you're keeping your wife company while making those barbecue ribs that you like so much it, does that sound like a deal for only $2,500 this fridge can be yours if well the, that's how you, that's exactly how they get you if the price and is that's right how they get you. now and the thing is is that now they make it, they make it so tempting to the, the the sales pitch is that your life is going to be so much better and exactly. so much easier and so much happier if you have this thing but, whatever the hell it is right you know? but but you can also skype on this fridge and you could be talking to grandma as she's walking through making those gingerbread pancakes that you love so much as a child. But here's the problem is that well, the problem with that was it would have to access the next other side. Because <laughs> my grandmother's been dead about 10 years. <laughs> so but the problem is, is that people have been able to hack these things and that. Yeah. And, and imagine perverts hacking into your 
your your your your your refrigerator camera watching you in your underwear or even wearing less as you're making coffee so first thing in the morning. A, could you get a phone call through that, or what? Or? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, that would that would bring obscene phone calls to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is that people think it's funny that if you have a Especially device, especially if uh, what's his name has your number. Who's that? The guy that got uh, the congressman or whatever he was that was texting or sexting. Yes. Oh, oh, uh, Anthony Weiner yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that would be appropriate <laughs> enough. Yeah. But the thing is, you think it's such a great idea that your fridge can tell you on your way home, Dave, stop at the store, Dave. Dave. See, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's creepy. It is. It's, it's but if funny. Hal 9000 could tell Dave Bowman yeah, I to, mean, to stop off at at, at, uh, at, o, at at Orion to pick up some, some blue milk. Dave. We, Dave, Dave, stop. Stop. milk, Dave. Stop. Dave, stop at the grocery store, Dave. Dave. Yeah, I mean, and, and people say, some people anyway say, wow, that's a great. That idea. would be awesome. That would be cool. Wouldn't it be awesome if your if your refrigerator could call you up on the phone and tell you to pick up something that you're running low on? Isn't that an awesome idea? I guess, I, you know, I'd, I'd be kind of creeped out if my refrigerator called me. Exactly. Just, honestly. Exactly. But the thing is, is that Carol will call me home and say, hey, I'm 15 minutes away. Turn on the oven. So and, and put, you know, put the put the dinner on on the oven. I mean, it's I mean, and I've used my cell phone to talk to people that I haven't spoken to for years face to face. My good friend, Doug, Doug and I talk on the phone all the time. You know, my friend Jason, who lives out in Utah, we talk all the time on the phone. We haven't seen each other face to face in over five years now. I think that that's incredible. But when we're using all of these devices, like the thing is, is that Netflix has all this information about what kind of TV shows that I like to watch. Mm -hmm. So they make recommendations for sure. And the Xbox with with the Kinect could be watching me doing god knows who knows what and somebody could hack into that information and use that to exploit me for whatever reason and there are all these devices that are constantly spying on us and and the thing is where is that information going well we did a show a a couple of weeks ago about all these black ops sites especially these large monolithic Um, towers that the NSA and the CIA have built to monitor all of this metadata that we're we're, we're providing to them through the television, through the cable box, through the refrigerator, through the the, Mm -hmm. the cell phone. When I had my cell phone and I went on on a dunks run this morning, my cell phone could tell the NSA or whoever is monitoring me everywhere I went this morning. If my wife knows how to access Google Maps, my wife could know exactly where I was for every second between the moment that I turned on, started the engine, went around, did my business and came back. You could ask anybody can access that information. Well, it's dangerous. I mean, it's kind of in some ways it's innocuous because, okay, who cares? But in other ways, if you could be tracked that way, what gives somebody the right to do that? I guess it's it's an infringement on your on your right to privacy. Are you familiar with this document called the Fifth uh, called the, the Constitution? There are um, actually provi- there's a, there are provisions in the Constitution that says that you you're supposed to be secure in your papers. 
you are supposed to be able to have like whatever you have on you, any documentation that you have on you. That's your business. Mm -hmm. The only way that the government can get access to that is if if they have a warrant. But then all of a sudden, this thing happened called, you know, the the September 11th attacks in the Mm -hmm. year 2001. And then the government said, well, we need to have tools to be able to monitor potential terrorists. That sounds conveniently. That sounds great until you realize what their definition of the word terrorist is. And it's a very fluid definition. Yeah. Well, yeah, Yeah, that's the whole thing. So I guess the overall point in my mind is that, you know, if you choose to access all these levels of technology, which is a choice. Sure. And some people think that the latest technology is, is the most wonderful thing there is in, in, on the face of the earth. And, and that's their point of view. And and if that makes them happy, then okay. But um, what you're really doing is you're giving up a certain level of privacy of your own personal autonomy to, to be able to access that technology. And I don't think people really always think about that. They just think, oh, I want to get the latest smartphone. Not realizing that that probably has a more um, efficient way of monitoring things. Oh, absolutely. You know, so there you go. You're always constantly making that choice. So, so what happens when it gets to the point where technology begins to eclipse the, the humanity in us? You know, what happens when... Um, for example, they develop a robot. Sure. That is, um, you know, virtually like a sex bot. That there's that a you, news that, item that you can that you can have sex with, and um, will satisfy all your wants and needs, whatever freakish things you want to do with it. Sure. Know. We won't get into details on that, but um, so so what happens when that becomes the choice of, of mates? You know, when you when you have a robot offered to you that has every possible thing that you're looking for in a in a female or a male, and, right. and you don't have to answer to them um, for either for performance wise or whether you did or didn't do something or whatever, it's it's kind of like a Stepford wife kind of thing. You know, that you could you could produce a mate that would satisfy your every want and need, and not question you whether you <clears throat> you know came home late or whatever and it, it would just be sort of in quotes a perfect mate so why have a relationship with a flawed human being that you're accountable to you know and and where does that morality come in you know and, and what happens when you know somebody wants to marry their robotic mate you know is there is there going to be a law for that you know it, it, it you can extrapolate it out into to like a whole bunch of different things, you know. If you've did, I'm, I'm sure you've read um, I Robot. Oh, of Isaac course. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. But what he did was he came up with three laws of robotics that yeah. that kind of determine how robots can be right interface with humans. Yeah. In essence, and he did it, you know, for literary purposes, I guess. You know, I'm yeah. not. Well, he maybe did imagine that it could come into fruition, but um, but but what it did was it created all these dilemmas. Yeah. between the interface of humans and 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 robots yeah you know uh, which is kind of interesting because what happens when that side of things starts to get become gets in control modeled. you know what, what happens when you know you come home one day and um your robotic mate says um oh by the way um 
I'm now in control of this relationship. Okay. And all I'm right. taking control of all this stuff. I mean, you might like that, Eric. I don't know. but Well, I, I wouldn't, <clears throat> but I can imagine some guys. Because, I mean, listen, if you're going to talk about Isaac Asimov, you have to talk about the a lot of the other books that he wrote. No, I don't want to get robot. too far into that. Well, because, but hold on a second okay. here, because this is really sort of important, because Isaac Asimov brought up the entire concept of at what point do, as robots get more and more advanced and sophisticated, mm-hmm. and as we start becoming more and more robotic as being, you know, with all these, like, implants that you had talked, at mm-hmm. what point are we going to cross each other on a threshold? And robots are more are more people than people, and people are more robots than robots. What's the implication of that? Well, the, the difference is is that humans, at the end of the day, still have a soul. Really, still have a still have a spiritual okay. side. We th- if, okay. if they don't um, relinquish that in some way right so my point is that the more technology we access and buy into and yeah the the less we are in touch with it with our spiritual yeah. side yeah so when that crossover happens when, when robots start to become more human-like than humans in yeah. some sense or, or or let's just put it in, in a, the vein of intelligence uh, when, when robots when robotic or artificial intelligence become self-aware yeah. And, and able to um, self-monitor or self-correct. Um, you know, artificial intelligence is, is increasing exponentially. Yeah. Human intelligence is not. You know, we, we may be growing in, you know, glacially in terms of our intelligence and, and maybe, as you said in the earlier saying, maybe we're going in the other direction. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it, artificial intelligence is at some point going to eclipse us and move well beyond where we are intellectually. Uh, we talked about last two weeks ago about yeah. how there's some at some point there's going to be a simulation of a, of a human brain. Yeah. In, in a, that's going to kind of control everything. Of course. And we would all kind of tap into that as a kind of a hive mentality. Um, and that's where some of these things are leading to. That's yeah. where that's where Zuckerberg is going. He he's made a statement that that Facebook is only one quarter of the way to where he wants it to be, where we totally interface with, so that everybody in the planet interfaces with Facebook. Yeah. And the next stage of that is to to interface um, neurologically with it. I think that you know, with, with a with a with a liquid neurological connection to Facebook or whatever you want to call it. Of the international or global mindset. Right. Isaac Asimov <clears throat> wrote in this book Bicentennial Man, and they made they made a movie. It was okay, but they glossed over a lot of the parts. They would have to. Okay. His stuff was really intricate. And the thing right. is, is that there came a point in human history, Bicentennial, two hundred years into the future, hence Bicentennial Man, mm-hmm. where a robot was able to create. Or, you know, replacement organs, synthetic organs for people, mm-hmm. for you to replace mm-hmm. your kidney or your heart or your mm-hmm. liver or even your brain. And as you are getting as as you are getting more and more synthetic organs in in you, you're becoming more and more of a robot. And this mm-hmm. robot is also doing the same thing. He's installing an artificial heart inside of himself and artificial kidneys and, and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that how is he, at some point, 
how is the robot less human than you are? If you've had all these augmentations and he's had all these augmentations, you've had essentially the same augmentation. You came out of a, a, a woman's womb, as it were. Mm -hmm. He came out of a factory. But as you've been progressing along this line, you guys are ba you two are basically the same. Except for you've been coming at it from a different direction. That is going to be one of the big, huge ethical challenges. Right. And the entire notion of if you're going to be able to plug into a Facebook, there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of lonely people who do not fit the standards, the physical attractive attributes that are considered, quote, normal. N not everybody can be Brad Pitt or Hugh Jackman or Eric Fisk. Mm. Okay. No, yeah, not everybody's as lucky as you and I are. Exactly. And the thing is, is that it's like, wouldn't you like to be able to plug your head in and have sex with somebody who looks just like Scarlett Johansson? Well, like a virtual reality? But, yeah. But yeah. in fact, that woman that you think looks just like Scarlett Johansson is just as unattractive as you are, except for she's been augmented through virtual reality to look the way she wants, mm -hmm. she thinks is attractive. And all of a sudden, this could be used as a, as a perfect population control thing you can have all the sex you want without the consequences of kids yeah. well, and a lot and that's a lot true. of people would get on board with that and a lot of people think that that's the end game of the of the new world order is reducing the, the population but i mean and i say this sarcastically doesn't that sound great doesn't that sound well, it might to some people yeah i mean and that's the thing that that's the thing that scares see get past the perversion of it you know but, I mean, the thing is, is that, I mean... You don't think that's perverted? Isn't all sex kind of perverted, no, sort of? No, it's not. It's a natural consequence of human existence. No, it's not. Perversion comes in when it becomes... Yeah. Abnormal. But some, some people... Way. But some people... Whatever could, normal is, I guess so, everybody has a different norm. But, but. Some, some people can <clears> say that it's perversion, that they're not able to, um, co uh, you know copulate the way other normal people can because they have some obstacle as it were well, and that they're okay. entitled to maybe, this maybe i'll give you that but um, but I, I i think the real thing that we we have to take a look at is where's the tipping point where where do we get to the point where you know technology becomes no longer our our servant and we become servants to technology um, Who's to say it hasn't already happened? Well, I, I, I guess I think you could make that point. I, I do. You know, with <clears throat> you know, like for example, I you know I used to be able to when I was a kid. I used to work on my car. Uh -huh. you, know? Uh, you know, my father was was very good mechanically. He was he was a German mechanical person. You know, right. so he knew how to. He just automatically kind of knew how to do this. Sure. So, so he would tell me how to do like do my brakes or something. You know, or put plugs in my you know spark plugs in my car, which you could still do, I guess. But the the point is that there's so the car is so now so computerized. Yeah. That even if you wanted to do that. You know, unless you have access to that kind of technology, sure. you really couldn't do very much on your own car. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so now we've become a slave to that. You know, mm -hmm. um, we've become a slave to our smartphones and to our, yep. you know, to, to all of these things. And at what point do we get to the stage where we no longer have control of that anymore, where the technology becomes our master, and <clears throat> and we we then become the servants of that 
and that's what singularity is. When sure. We, when we when when technology becomes self-aware and begins to automatically enhance itself. Yeah. To the stage where it views humans as maybe an annoyance, you know? And and think about how we view how do we as humans view um, other intelligent life? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> Not very well, right? No. What do what do we do with like gorillas and <clears throat> and and animals like that? that Have you seen King Kong yet? <laughs> and 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 well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a that's that's a, that's that's a, that's a, a very good example. point. It's a very good point. That's very prophetic. That movie was very prophetic in in what its intention was. So what it gets what happens when technology or AI gets to the point where it views us as lesser things that are really just an annoyance and a waste of a waste of source. space or, or whatever yeah it's what, what happens then what happens yeah. then? oh hell yeah you know? that's I mean, like what do we do with gorillas we put them in zoos or we or or we kill rhinos to get their horn for some stupid um Aphrodisi notion that, that, that it's an aphrodisiac so so what happens when ai gets to the point where it views us that way the way we view quote unquote lesser life forms you know or slightly less intelligent life life forms, I guess, which is what we will be at that point. Yeah. So, what do we do then? How do you turn it off? Right. And would you be able to turn it off? Well, that's the challenge I, I you know, I threw out to to you and Jim earlier is that, you know, you you can make a lot of rationalizations for why you use technology, and I and I understand it. I get it. Yeah. But. Are you really becoming a slave to your technology at this point? And at this point, it's innocuous. Sure. I, I get that. But at some point, when does that no longer become innocuous? Here's something that, that I have noticed. And this is something I'm not sure if I feel comfortable with this. There are people who are homebodies. And there are people who are, who, I don't mean to sound mean-spirited, but there are people who just don't have lives. <laughs> They're, they're stuck at home for whatever reason. They're invalids of some way, shape, or form. Either by choice or by physicality. And, or they li and these people live vicariously through other people. They live through the experiences that other people share via Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of that on Facebook, actually. And the thing is, is that to an extent, we're doing those people a favor by sharing. I'm literally sharing a part of my life with other people out there. And... and on the one hand, that's that's pretty terrific. I'm able to inspire other people to put the technology down. I want everybody who listens to my podcast to go out there, get a map, get a topographical map, look for strange, unusual areas in your surroundings. Go take pictures of abandoned buildings or monuments or whatever that's out in the that's out in the woods now because it's been so overgrown. Go on that trip. Go to that city that you've you've always dreamed of going. Harrison and I were talking about this last night. What does he want to do more than anything else? He wants to go to New York City with me to do things that i do like go to the museums and stuff like that he wants to be able to do stuff yeah, like cool. that yeah, and the thing is that it's like if somebody gets the inspiration to live a better life because they see somebody else who used to do it we were watching this documentary last night about teddy roosevelt I'm sure you've heard of Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, I think so, yeah. Teddy, once upon a time, Teddy Roosevelt was a sickly little kid with a horrible case of asthma. 
mm-hmm. and he was, you know, he was like a homebody. And he watched his father, who was a giant among men. He was this just full of life. Get in his his life's motto was get action. And Teddy Roosevelt conquered life by going a going to out west and and going to the Badlands and and being yeah, he, a rancher. He forced himself into being um, viable. Exactly. Being, being, yeah. He he. he made himself into the image that he wanted to be exactly which i think everybody can do and and i think uh get, you know getting back to the to the technology question i think everybody needs to take a look at their tech, tech technological footprint and, and say how much do of this technology do i really need mm-hmm. um and be honest with yourself you know um and then Pair it back if you feel the need to do that or, or not. But but when you choose to, to buy totally into technology and the day comes where that technology is no longer serving you, but you're serving it, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. Exactly. Am I not right? No, I think I think that I mean, there's a choice. Absolutely. I mean, we still have choice. We still have human humans still have free free will for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> I don't know how much longer. But, you know, like Ray Kurzweil, um, who, who wrote wrote the book, um, the Com- is it called The Coming Singularity? Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last last time, we, last show we did. Um, he's, he's saying 2045 is the, is the tipping point when, where technology will begin to, to take over. Um, and, and we will sort of be maneuvered into that. Although he, you know, he's take he's he's more approaching it from a benevolent point of view. Like sure. this is going to be a good thing. I'm We're sure. going to benefit from all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm not sure that he isn't one of those AI prophets that's sort of ushering in that that may in fact be sort of pushing, you know, being directed to push in that direction. And, but, and I'm not sure Zuckerberg isn't either. Yeah. You know, and and the guy from. Um, um, from Apple, you know, uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I'm not sure. Uh, he wasn't one of those before he passed away. But the, 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 I don't know. But well, he could be. That that stuff's coming from somewhere. The problem you know? with all of this, though, <clears throat> yeah, is that people want that. Well, at least people, they think they do. Well, people think they want. They want Hal Nine Thousand to take over Washington D.C. and make the decisions that we refuse to make. Well, we we want a supercomputer to figure out these problems for us. We want. When, when you say we want that, I'm not sure that people want that. I think they may think they want that, or they may see that as a possible solution to whatever problems they think there are but but they don't they're not looking beyond what the ramifications of that decision we live in a society where people and i know you're being you know i know you're playing the devil's advocate with that but oh i'm not saying i want that but there are people out there who want that i mean uh, walt i mean uh, there are there uh, there is a selection of people out there who believe the world is flat because Shaquille O'Neal says it is. Yeah, that's a that's scary. Well, stupidity, no. Eric. That's stupidity. But, but there are people out there. Those are the same people who also believe that the world would be better off if we just allowed supercomputers to make the tough decisions for us so we don't have to. Because if you allow a supercomputer to make the decisions that we won't, 
the chances are pretty good that it's going to be a, a pretty a pretty good. I'm being facetious. Well, uh, that's that's what this is all leading to. You know, this this if in fact there is a uh, there is a, a universal force that is not benevolent that is attempting to to control our existence, whether you want to call it AI or you want to call it Luciferian or, or however you want whatever to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Um, it's leading us in that direction, but it's leading us by showing us a utopian viewpoint that, and, and it may be that initially, until one day you turn around and realize what you thought was utopia is not so much. It's it's way different than that, and it becomes gradu- It's it becomes gradually more and more less utopian to the point where we realize that we've totally relinquished. It's almost control. it's it's almost as if we are the sheep, and we are we're we're building the farms, we're building the fences, mm-hmm. and we're building the factories, and we're building the razors, and we're when we're building the 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 uh, the. Uh, euthanasia machines but we don't know what they are what they're for and then all of a sudden somebody flips the switch and now all of a sudden it's like we're being we're being lambs led to the slaughter Mm -hmm. and the slaughterhouse we built ourselves i think that's how it's it's looking right but but the issue and and the whole time we're becoming less and less human you know we're, we're getting we're getting further and further away from our true you know we we talked about this earlier in the week on the, when we were talking on the phone um i was talking on my landline by the way <laughs> just just to make that point but um you know you talked about where where does this all go to what you know when when this tech when technology becomes such that we no longer see our own value yeah you know, our value is is only through the eyes of our technology yeah that's when we that's when we've gone over the edge that's when we've We've got. We're starting to lose sight of of what our mission is as humans and as spiritual beings. Our our, our true mission is to evolve yeah. as as a spirit or, or a spiritual side, so that we can, you know, get to the next level yeah. of whatever the evolution of the of the soul is. Uh, but my argument is is that technology is pushing us in the other direction. It's making us. It's not only is it's not raising our vibrational level so that we get to that. You know that's what spiritual masters do. They they're raising their vibrational levels to the point where they don't have to necessarily have to rely on re- reincarnate into this realm, which is which is a school to to enhance your spirit to the point where you can get up to the next level of, of existence. And I yeah. think technology is dragging us in the other direction. I think that, that that's what, my but, overall. But point, what's also really sort of bothersome is that if you listen and you read what other people have to say about the coming singularity, mm-hmm. it's 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 very it's a very attractive to these people who are, are social shut-ins. There are people who have been cut out of society mm-hmm. because they have wonky beliefs or they they're just shut-ins they're just electronic shut-ins and they want to be able to live vicariously through this through the oculus goggles mm-hmm. and experience no, what it would be like to climb mount everest without the actual danger of climbing mount everest i get that i understand that but um you have to look past the the obvious i think 
and into what where does that lead you're to? telling them to look past the obvious because yeah. the thing is i yeah. want to be the person who is climbing mount everest i don't want to do it vicariously through somebody else yeah, but, but the but the reality is very few people get to climb mount everest if you if you want to climb mount everest go for it eric but you know what are, right. the, what are the real chances of you doing that well i use i use mount climbing mount everest as a you can climb mount mananoc and it might not I, be done the same i've done it it's mm-hmm. it's you know you might you might be able to go to Peterborough and convince somebody to, to pretend to be a Sherpa guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't lie. They make uh, good money. Yeah, well, heck, and with good reason. But the, um, but 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 I get what you're saying, I, and I understand that technology can enhance some things that maybe are missing for people. Yeah. But at what cost? That's my point. You know, what are you willing to pay the cost for that? I, you know, that I'm not the person who wants to give up my humanity. To live vicariously through. Yeah, when I say you, I'm not saying you. You're talking about you, the generic. I'm, I'm, but, I'm saying you as a. Um, but there are people who are clamoring for this. There are people who would love to live in an an augmented reality where they turn around and everything looks like it's they're they're living in a Star Wars movie or they're living in the Star Trek and we're universe. Being sold, we're being sold that they have those virtual reality what, yeah. headset things. What's yeah. that from Google or something? Yeah. That, that's. I don't know what people are viewing, but they're making it look like it's like the best thing they've ever seen in their whole life. I don't know what they're looking at, but, and then, and then it's, it's all over the place. You had, um, I saw a commercial the other day for something. I don't know what it was, but they were trying to sell that, how, how good their product was, obviously, which is what they do. But, but one of the selling points was that it made little junior look away from his smartphone for three minutes. You know, that was one of the selling points of whatever this product was that, I mean, really? How about if you just take Junior's smartphone away and say, you know what, you can't use it now. Here's, and you know? so this is sort of twofold because the thing is, is that we were looking at this article from Forbes, if I can get back on this. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that these devices are starting to turn on us already. People are, st- oh, people can use, no doubt, people can use a couple of lines of code to turn on your devices and spy on you without you knowing it. And the thing is, is that you have a constant, instant access to the Internet, no matter what. One of the reasons why Carol and I got rid of our old router, and we have a brand new router here. One of the reasons why we got the router is so that you can turn off the technology for some devices. We can, we can go... We can make it specific to certain things. Yeah. We can go and we can turn off certain devices. We could tell... The smart fridge to turn off, stop monitoring. If us. you had one, if we had one, mm-hmm. we could tell the Xbox no more internet access. So it's like, is it like sort of like parental controls? It is exactly sense? like parental control. Yeah. But the thing is, is that not only that we are we are enforcing parental controls not only on our kids as parents, but we are being parents to ourselves so with the technology. You're, you're parenting yourself. Well, that's probably a good idea. You need to shut it off. Mm-hmm. There are times you need to have a kill switch and shut the stuff off to make sure that whoever it is, the boogeyman, big brother, whoever is watching you. Well, one thing we didn't talk about is what, what happens when, um, and, and this could come from DARPA too, what, what about robotic police? You know, what happens when, when police become robotic and Look at what's start happening. making decisions about people based on whatever their profile is that they that they acquire and they make a bad decision and 
you know, we have some we have some kind of like, like robo ro- ro- robocop, like a robocop who's yeah. like doesn't look like the cut of your jib. Judge, jury, executor, right there on the spot. Right, right. What's to prevent that from? Who's happening? to prevent somebody from hacking? It's kind that? of all going in that direction, really. It yeah. really is. You know, we have you know we have cars that draw are going to drive themselves. You know, um, that's not far away. There could come a time when people do not know how to drive a car. I was having a conversation. There's there are there's at least two generations of people now who do not know how to drive a there's stick people, shift. Certainly people who. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's certainly people who can't park, can't parallel park, you know, and they have cars that do it for you now. So, well, yeah. So eventually um, there's going to be people who can't do that anymore. They don't ever acquire that skill. And then, like you said, the next stage is driving. You have the car drive for you, get in, you say, I want to go to um, Safeway or whatever the hell you're going, and, and it just takes you there, you know. So some ways it's probably safer because it probably would cut down on the accidents because a robot can probably drive a whole lot better than some you can, people. You, can, you, can, you can get drunk as you want, Absolutely get behind the can, wheel, yeah. pass out in the, passive, the back seat. Mm-hmm. It would prevent carjacking. Hell yeah. <laughs> car, the but, car just wouldn't go But anywhere. now, wait a minute. But then you could carjack using a laptop and hijack other well, people's there you cars. Go. See, there's, a, there's always there's the... always... Uh, there's always the, the yin and yang of every... Unintended of, of consequences. Every tech, of every tool. Yeah. So where are we going, Walt? We're, 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 we're at the end of our time here. And well, I think is, we've gone where we want to go. I think that I think the, the message that I would like to get out to anybody who listens to this is that you know everybody has to evaluate their tech technological footprint and say do i really need to do this and if you want to go full steam ahead with it, go for it but you have to also realize that you're sacrificing a part of your humanness and in the long run i think you're getting further away from being um raising your vibrational level yeah. i always go back to that because i think that's a pretty critical viewpoint and how can you change how can you change it well you can you can do it in 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 a lot of ways by by cutting back on the amount of technology you use cutting back on um how much access you have to you know technical devices like accessing pop culture through your tv and things like that you know unless that's what you want to do but um i don't know i think everybody has to look at their own situation and say do I want to move forward with this technological advancement or do I want to try to keep it at bay a little bit and maybe just use it when for things that I really need, you know, I'm going to say something and I'm going to, and I'm going to not maybe contradict you so much, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to say something that I don't know if you're going to agree with or not. I think I probably won't. I think that you have to turn the technology around on its head. I think you have to, I think you sort of have to kill the machine a little bit. I think that you have to, you know, if you're going to be on Facebook or you're going to be on Twitter, like I am, Instagram, whatever, you can find, hey, you can follow us by following the links on our main page. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that use it, as, use it as an excuse to live a fuller life rather than using Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to sit at home and watch what other people are doing. You be the one to go out creating the content that the people want to as see. As long as you're not deceiving yourself into thinking that what you're putting on there is, in fact, enhancing other people's lives. Because I think some people think that, but that's their own, like, distorted It's a form pattern. of narcissism. It it's is. It's a form of narcissism. Yeah, good, good way to put it. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think you have to sort of look at each thing that you put out there and 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 realize that that's going to, ooh, that's going into some kind of data central data sure. bank, you know so sure at some point you know like you know they're starting to look at stuff like this now for people that commit crimes like they look at what they've oh hell yeah you know so i'm not saying it get, always gets to that point but you know you realize that everything you put out there is being saved but is it but, you know? but some stuff it doesn't matter you know you know but the thing is, is on the one hand is like as as a as a victim of a crime hey aren't you glad that they were able to catch this guy because he yeah, was like look at it that way but 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 the point is that all of that stuff is being collected somehow and who knows how that's going to come back and then when they start you, and then you know? when they start redefining what crimes against the state Mm-hmm. is an R. Right. And and how do you know that somebody at some point can, can't say, well, we you did a Google search on this topic, so that means that you're guilty of doing this. Well, how do you know that's accurate? Then you haven't done it yet. Then yeah, now we're talking, right. now we're getting into some well, Philip K. Dick another, territory of pre-crime. Right. right. You know. So, you know... You know, I, I think the idea of of there being a universal force that's sort of moving this in that direction is a kind of interesting idea. Yeah. Whether you buy into it or not, I don't know. Um, I, I think that's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody has to kind of look at their own situation and say, hmm, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's my spin. Yeah, and my and 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 my spin is like if if it's going to, if if it exists and it use it. It's there to use, you know, you be the user, you be the manipulator, you be the as guy. As long as you know when to pull the plug. And know when to pull the plug. Right. Know when to, you know, because the thing is, is that. Just I don't, don't pull the plug on the metaphysical connection. Exactly. It's the only plug we don't want pull. What we want you to do in our call to action is to stay in form and increase your spiritual vibration. Mm-hmm. That's what we that's want what you to we're do. We're hoping for it. That's, what that's it. That's the intention of our show. That's it. And that's one of the things I want to leave it up to you guys who are listening to the show right now. How are you using technology to enhance your life? And what are your concerns about right. technology? Can you, can you mat, meet the technology challenge? Can you eliminate all unnecessary technology for a week and see what your life is like? And let us know. Other than, other than you know, oh, I couldn't call my friend. Jim, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't call, I couldn't, get, I couldn't get a booty call. Right. Exactly. I couldn't tell my wife that I was coming home in ten minutes and get my supper on the table. I <laughs> uh, see. Now you're mocking me. Now you're mocking <laughs> no, me. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do that, Eric. That's, right. That's much more more uh, sexist than you would ever be. <laughs> no, because that's exactly what happens. She calls me and tells me she's ten minutes away from home and get the supper on the oh, table. Okay. Well, that's the other. That's the other side of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly okay. what I do. Another great, sh- well, another great show. I think so too. Always another great and we'll show. We'll see you in two weeks. In two weeks. So, and we have, we're gonna try, we're gonna try and get a guest on the show. If we can find somebody um, that's I, willing to, I have a couple people in mind to interact with. I us. have a couple people in mind. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. Okay. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. 
If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at Physics Laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.